0: You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio. Welcome to another Apex Nutrition Podcast. Uh, I am Ben Wellnack, and as usual, Kelly wouldn't have the Apex Nutrition Podcast without Kelly Jennings, Um, but this is a member-only episode, so Kelly, uh, you know, expect... So if you're a member listening to this, expect to hear from Kelly pretty regularly. She's got a ton of great information that I think you can benefit for, you know, from. And, uh, if you ever have any questions or, you know, comments or anything that you want to hear specifically, just shoot me an email at ben at mountainbikeradio.com. And because you're a member, you have like direct access to getting your specific question. It's almost like, It'll be almost like coaching, but not quite coaching, but, uh, (laughs) but you're getting, you know, you'll get very specific stuff. So don't be afraid to ask me. Um, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna laugh or anything like that. And we'll get you, Kelly will get you some pretty specific information. So
1: yeah, yeah. That'd be great to do, you know, a podcast of answers or, you know, some questions could Fill up the whole podcast by themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. I'd love to do that. Yep, yep. Exactly.
1: And I've heard it all before. So don't, um, <laughs> yeah. don't be afraid to ask.
0: I can imagine. Um, so this podcast, uh, is going to be titled the nutrition plan to avoid cramps during your, during your ride. So Kelly, um, what do you have for these members that you can help them avoid cramps?
1: Yes. You know, and one of the things that's inspired me to do this podcast is that I had never truly cramped before um, until about, oh, what was it? A a year and a half ago, I was, um, probably too much information, but I um, had just had my third kiddo and, um, you know, early on breastfeeding, all of that. So for any woman who's been in that situation, you are at high risk of dehydration at all times because you're basically giving all your nourishment to someone else. Um, anyway, we were lucky enough to be in Moab camping with my parents. So I had some built in babysitters and we, um, went over to Slick Rock and, um, you know, I had been riding quite a bit. Um, and so I felt in good enough shape, but you know, Slick Rock's just one of those, I don't know of any rides more, punchy where you're up and down, up and down, you know, on, on such and low gears. And it could be that, but all I know is I was definitely dehydrated by the end. And, um, for anyone who's been on that ride, you know, where that guy sits, where he always takes pictures of you coming down, um, right there in front of, front of the guy on my way out, I cramped so bad and nothing I'd ever experienced before. I mean, like doubled over sitting, like hit, hit the ground right there, you know, bike down, couldn't stand up cramps. And, um, I had just, you know, I've had clients talk about this before, of course, before they, they worked with me, but, um, I had never experienced anything like that. And the, the worst part of it is like, like, that's right by the parking lot where all the other like hikers and people are coming and, you know, people who aren't really super into athletics are coming by and they were like, Oh, sweetheart, bless your heart for even trying. Cause they were thinking, you know, that I had just gotten out of the parking lot and was just a, a mess right there. So anyway. For anyone who's ever cramped like that where you can't even stand up, this one, this one's for you.
0: And I get, so, and it also, I get <laughs> these weird cramps. I don't know if anybody else gets it. If, members, if you get it, let us know. Um, but I get these, it seems like after every race that's more than, you know, 50 miles. But my ch- under my chin, so like my neck, <laughs> there's these muscles like right under my mouth, basically. Um, huh. I get these cramps. And they're terrible because I, it just like whips my head down in my neck and oh, yeah, you ever get those? I've
1: never, I've never gotten those, oh. you know, and before this, the only thing I'd ever gotten was like on a really long, like a hundred mile race where, you know, you're going to expect it like mile 60. You're going to, you're going to start twitching a bit here and there. I've yeah. gotten those where, where they work themselves out. And, and so that leads me to my first point, that type of cramp a lot of times isn't nutrition related. When you have just, um, ridden further or at a higher intensity at a race pace that you, you know, races are always going to be different than training. It's really hard to replicate that in training. So whenever you're riding, that can be a reason for cramping. Um, also just bike fit, even where your cleat is positioned on your, on your, um, shoe, you know, can, can be a reason that someone cramps. So if you're having like this, you know, more what feels like an overuse cramping situation, or just a going too long or going too hard camping situation. It could be some nutrition, but just realize that there's there's other reasons why we cramp as well. Um, with the neck thing, I don't know. Uh, that could be just a muscle, you know, like a skeletal muscle nutrition issue, or it could be you know holding your 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 head in a certain position or kind of clenching um, even teeth or jaw or whatever during it too. So there's lots of reasons, and um, yeah, you could be the judge judge of that. Um, but just just that's the first point is to know that. But beyond that, sometimes, and, and I will attest, that thing on blood rock, that was definitely dehydration. It hit me suddenly and it like dropped me. And I think that, that that definitely wasn't like an overuse creeping up on you. So if you've ever had that where it's just, you know, like your your muscles just are seized all at once, that's generally going to be um, nutrition related. That's not like a, a thing that happens over time. So when we look to nutrition and what causes cramping, the first thing to look at is good old fashioned dehydration before we get into all the technical stuff of, you know, which electrolyte and this and that look to dehydration. Um, what you're wanting is, is first of all, before you go into a ride, is you want to be well hydrated, you know, maybe not immediately the morning of the ride, you don't want to drink so much that you are um, needing to pee the whole time, especially with races, that can be a problem. But the day before you can drink a lot. And especially if you do it with like a nun cap or, or, you know, something that's not a whole bunch of extra, um, sugar, but, but something that has electrolytes in it, there's no problem with preloading the day before a lot of those electrolytes. So a lot of different brands make, um, make different capsules and tablets that go in and that don't have a lot of, excuse me, that don't have a lot of sugar. So that's a good thing to do is to, to preload, um, and then the day of the race to, to drink, but just to being comfortable, not, not overdoing it that day. But then on, on the bike, you're wanting to average at least 18 to 24 ounces per, per hour. And that's not physiological. That's not how much you're losing. You're likely losing, especially if it's a spring or summertime, um, race, you're likely losing much more than that. That's how much will usually keep things like cramping from dehydration at bay and dehydration at bay, um, without being so unreasonable with how much you have to carry. And some, some people would definitely even think 18 to 24 ounces is unreasonable for how much you have to carry, but that's usually drinking about one bottle. If you drink, if you use bottles and not like a Camelback, um, that's one bottle per hour. So that's where you start.
0: And if, you know, if you're wondering, we have, there's some more, uh, previous podcasts and I'll link those in the show notes about kind of fueling and that kind of stuff. But, uh, just to get some back, background yeah. information.
1: Right. Um, the next thing then to look look at is the first electrolyte I always look at is sodium. Sodium is really the only proven electrolyte that has a huge impact during the ride, believe it or not. You know, there's all these other ones um, that we and we will talk about them, calcium and magnesium specifically, but these are more like um, hypothetical. Hypothetically, we know that that calcium has a lot to do with muscle um, contraction, and so we believe that that's going to cause, that, that's one reason why people cramp. It's not like such a sure thing science that we know exactly how much, but sodium definitely has an implication in, um, in just your um, not bonking and your ability to perform at a certain level and in cramping. And so this is the first place I look. Um, and the other reason I look to this is because most athletes are way too low in sodium all the time whenever they're um, riding and racing. So a minimum per hour on the bike, starting with hour one, that's something to realize is we start with hour one because even if you had, let's say a pre-ride meal, it's probably a meal you would have had anyway, right? Like if you're going out in the morning and you would have had breakfast if you were just staying at home, but instead you have a pre-ride meal and that's kind of your breakfast anyway, your body kind of demands that fuel just to be there, just to normally go on. So that's not anything extra. So we are going to make up fuel from the beginning of your ride because you it's not like you've given yourself any huge amounts to start with. Um, so starting at hour one, we're looking at 400 milligrams per hour of sodium at a minimum. This takes some doing. Um, you know, whenever as you can go back and listen to my other podcast about fueling during the ride, I always start with first the fluid. I'm usually looking for a fluid that has carbs and electrolytes in it that's not diluted, that you like the taste of not diluted. Then we're looking at um carbs that we add other fuel options, whether that's gels, bars, whole foods, whatever. I look at both of those and see how many milligrams of sodium you're getting per hour. Once I establish that then we can add other sodium to it. And you can do either, I'm not a big fan of pills on the bike, but you can do um, pills like S-caps, Enduralites, that sort of thing. Or you can simply add salt for sodium. And it doesn't take much at all. In fact, the amounts I usually have clients add to their drinks are completely negligible as far as taste, but completely significant as far as physiological demands of sodium. So just one twelfth of a, um, and I think that's 0.5 grams for anyone who, I, I'm sorry, I'm I'm totally American in my um, in my measurements and <laughs> I get called out on it sometimes. I don't think in grams anymore at all. Um, but just one twelfth of a teaspoon and you know usually what I do is I take a one quarter of a teaspoon and measure, you know, estimate one third of that for one twelfth. Um, that will give you two hundred milligrams of sodium right there. If we're aiming for four hundred, like that's a huge chunk and you'll probably get into the amount you need by just adding one twelfth of a teaspoon of salt. And you won't taste it probably. So 400 milligrams per hour is the minimum. In the summer, when it's hot, if it's humid, if you just, you know, any conditions that make you think that you're going to sweat more, or if you're just someone who does sweat more than other people, you're wanting to aim more in the 600 to 700 milligrams per hour. And and you definitely are going to have to add something like salt or a pill there to get that. You probably just won't get that out of your drink and out of your fuel options.
0: And are there different ways to are there ways to test that? So like, are, you know, without maybe going into a lab and going through a $300 yeah. test, are there ways that people can kind of gauge where they're at?
1: You know, I don't really know of any. You know, with the fluid, that one's, that one's an easier one. You can, you can weigh yourself immediately before and immediately after you ride. And whatever you lose isn't fat loss, unfortunately. It's, it's fluid loss when we're talking about just one ride. So if you take that and then take into account everything you drink during it, you can know how much fluid your body loses on that given ride with those given conditions. Um, sodium, I don't, I don't know of a way to really test how much you're using without going in, in, in that sort of lab would be like not your local doctor. That would be a, you know, a highly specific sports lab if, if they do that. Um, and I don't, I don't know, to be honest. And so, usually if someone will start with 400 milligrams, and and again, this isn't even like a physiological amount because remember that what you're using is different than what you can digest and absorb. Those are two different processes completely, right? So usually my recommendations are going to be along the lines of what your body can process and absorb and use without causing huge problems for you. And we've mentioned it in other podcasts that if you if you take too much sodium all at once, especially. So that's why I add salt to a drink. Then it's like trickling through you the whole time. Physiologically, that's how your body can use it. it helps with absorption of carbs, helps with absorption of fluid, helps with lots of things. But if you take a pill that's, you know, the ones that I recommended are, are small amounts. So you'll take several throughout the course of a long ride. But if you took a pill that was like 4,000 milligrams of sodium at once and said, oh, I'm good for the ride then. A lot of times what happens, and it's happened to lots of great athletes I know, um, is that you will not feel so good afterwards, and you will see like swelling and just um, sometimes bloating because salt has the impact on the cells in your gut too. You know, just like it causes whenever people hugely overeat sodium in daily nutrition, and they get swelling from it because it technically has what's called a, um, an oncotic pressure that it holds fluid to it, so um, it will cause swelling. That same thing can happen in your gut cells. So you know, imagine like a swollen you know, digestive system. That's not really what you want while you're writing. And then any sort of swelling or extra fluid. then that fluid isn't like fluid that you want that stays with you that you can use. It's in what's called third spacing, which means it's outside of your bloodstream. And that's why when you get swelling, it's like pools. And it's, you know, like if you think of a swollen ankle, it's like mushy pooled fluid all around. It's not, you know, in a specific spot. So that's not a good thing. That's not fluid you can use. So it's outside your bloodstream. So with
0: that 400... Um, you know, it's a good place for people to start. And then yes. if you, you know, if you have any questions or, or you need help, um, you can do that. So like you would work yeah. with somebody, you know, over the course of whatever, let's say a month, you could really get that dialed in without them having to, you know, seek out like medical testing or that kind of thing. Right, right, right. As far as sodium right. is concerned.
1: Right. If someone feels like, um, you know, they're still having issues with, with not enough sodium, if they're still seeing, um, you know any issues with cramping or or feeling dehydrated, even though they're they're drinking the the um, fluid. because the other thing that can happen is that whenever you replenish fluid, but you don't replenish sodium, so you're losing both, right? when you sweat, you're losing both. So let's say you only replenish your fluid in water, let's say but not sodium, your body will continue to get rid of some of that water because it's interested not just in that you replenish your fluid, but that you replenish the ratio that it wants in your plasma fluid to sodium. So if you only give yourself fluid, but you don't give yourself sodium, your body will get rid of that usually through pee. And so whenever you um, feel like you're extra hydrated, because now all you're doing is peeing, sometimes what's happened is you haven't given yourself enough sodium. So yes, so we, I usually work with clients and it's, you know, it's a bit subjective of course, but we start at 400. Um, if it's someone who's just bigger, they, and they know they sweat a lot, then we'll start closer to 600. And as soon as we, we find that, you know, they're in a good place, they're racing well are they don't feel like they're, um, peeing a lot of extra fluid. That's like dehydrating them afterwards. Everything's a go. Then that's usually where we're happy. So it's not an exact science by any means, but we can we can certainly use my experience and uh, kind of some trial and error to get there. And people,
0: as a member, you get yes. you'll get a deal. So contact <laughs> that's right. Contact me, and then I'll put you in contact with Kelly to to redeem any deals. So keep that in mind.
1: And for most people, just that 400 is going to be a huge improvement. Consistently 400 okay. is going to be a huge improvement over what they're doing. Okay. So, yep. And don't be afraid to look at your nutrition label on your drink. It's amazing how many um, athletes just assume that there's, because, you know, it's a sports drink. It's a popular one, whatever, that it's got a good amount of sodium in it. Take a look. You want, uh, probably like, a good, there's a lot of newer ones that are coming out with good amounts of sodium, like Scratch Labs, Tailwind, um, a lot of the Infinite blends. I am generally looking for close to at least 100 milligrams per eight ounces, so um, then if you assume you can get 20 on average per hour, then you're going to get, you know, 250 from your drink. That's a that's a decent start. So, OK, the other things with sodium that you can do is a preload. I just recently on my um, Fuel right blog posted about a, um, a lemon, like a lemonade made with honey or agave and um, and salt. And just by adding a quarter of a teaspoon salt to that drink, which was good anyway, because it you know gives you some carbs, some fluid, and now some sodium, just a quarter of a teaspoon gives you 600 milligrams of um, sodium to start. So if you're going out on something that's three hours or more, a preload like that can really help. And especially if you are someone who, who thinks that you do sweat a lot. And then on top of that, the 400 milligrams per hour, because again, we're not meeting your needs. We're not replenishing enough, um, even with all this amount. So you can preload, you can also just stick in a quarter of a teaspoon into whatever you eat or drink oatmeal, um, smoothies. You probably won't even taste that amount. Um, and that's a good way to start just to kind of get a leg up on it. So that's pretty much sodium. And that's where, um, the first electrolyte I look to. So first I look at, um, overall hydration, then sodium. Then the other one that has some implications for is calcium and magnesium. Like I said, you know, in theory and also in practice, just seeing it, I don't know that this has been really like. Studied to where they can say for sure this is an issue with cramping, but definitely people who cramp a lot, when we take care of their calcium and magnesium, they seem to improve. So that's good enough for me and calcium and magnesium are things you need anyway. So, so there's no reason um, not to if you have issues with cramping. Before a big ride or a race, I generally have my clients take um, a supplement of calcium and magnesium starting three days out for those clients who do have a, a history of cramping or feel like they're at risk of it. So usually the supplement, what you can find with calcium magnesium, it's almost always two to one calcium to magnesium. So 400 milligrams calcium to 200 milligrams magnesium is, is a good, um, supplement to, to shoot for. So that's per pill. Um, sometimes they're 500 to 250. That's fine too. Just anywhere in that range of 400 to 200 cal- milligrams calcium to magnesium. If you're, them- if
0: you're working out a lot, shouldn't you be taking some extra magnesium anyway?
1: Yeah. Magnesium is actually one of those supplements that a lot of experts feel like we're just way too low in, um, as a popular, you know, as a population and then for athletes specifically. Yep. So this, this won't hurt. And, you know, magnesium has a lot to do with not just muscles, um, but bone strength. Um, you know, there's a lot, calcium was always the big deal for bones. Right. And it turns out, you know, vitamin D, magnesium, these other vitamins and minerals, um, have everything to do with how your body uses the calcium. So it's not just about supplementing what you think is the main factor, but you know, thinking of our bodies as whole bodies is they don't just take the one supplement we give them and use it necessarily, but there's this whole process that happens in order to, to use things well. So yeah. Um, I have them take a a calcium magnesium supplement, two pills at 200 milligrams, calcium, 200 milligrams, magnesium, two pills per day for three days out. Then the day of the race day or the, you know, the, the big ride that you're doing, go ahead and take another one of those pills with your, um, with your meal before you go out. So two, probably two to three hours before you go out and then a pill every, um, three hours. There are some drinks that are going to get you physiological amounts of calcium, magnesium, or I shouldn't say physiological enough that keeps most people from cramping. Um, but for those who've had a, a higher risk of it or have done it in the past, usually supplementing in this amount will help. So, um, and that's just one pill to take every three hours. So for most rides, that would be, you know, one to two pills the whole time.
0: Hmm. And uh, any questions you can contact Kelly, um, that's, that's right. And that's Kelly, uh, email and just remind them email and website quick before we we keep going.
1: It's Kelly, which is K E L L I at apex nutrition, com, And then the website is apex nutrition, com. All right. Yep. And actually one more, one more point to put in there is a lot of athletes really like this supplement called sports legs. Have you ever heard of it?
0: I've heard of it. Never, never used it.
1: Yeah. So the deal with that is it is just calcium and magnesium, but instead of being calcium citrate and magnesium citrate, it's calcium lactate and magnesium lactate. And their, um, claim is that using a lactate form actually, um, like primes or reduces the lactic acid buildup, um, that occurs. And so, you know, this is all placebo or not placebo. I shouldn't say that this is all, um, probably partially placebo, maybe, partially (laughs) anecdotal that people, a lot of my clients have really liked it. And, um, and a lot of people do. So whether or not it's an expensive calcium mag supplement or not, um, that does work for a lot of people and that's sports legs. Usually for me and for most of my clients though, we're just using normal calcium mag. Okay. So, yep.
0: Is and there, you'll be grant free. And, you know, for, and like I mentioned with, uh, members, you get a deal on this stuff. Um, downloads, if there's any questions, um, I'm sure Kelly, you know, if there's just basic questions to kind of get you to the next, uh, next step, I'm sure Kelly would be happy to, to answer them. Yeah. And no probably in this podcast, um, actually. So, yeah. you know, if you do have questions, and like I said, you guys are members, you get special access to all this stuff. Um, so don't be afraid to ask if you have a specific question because chances are the next person probably has the same question. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So thank you, Kelly. And, uh, you know, members, you could probably look forward to having a special episode or, you know, your only member only, uh, episode from Kelly probably once a month, um, you know, I, I committed to doing two shows a month or two special content shows a month. As we get rolling, you're probably going to see maybe three or four sometimes. Um, not necessarily all from Kelly, but, uh, but <laughs> all Kelly all the time. Yeah. All Kelly all the time. Um, <laughs> but I just want to put that out there because, you know, I, I committing to two, but I want to give you guys more. So please share with your friends. Um, let them know that you're a member, that they can be a member. And that you're helping out um, not only me, but Kelly and all the other hosts, because um, it gets shared, and uh, we're all in it like you. It's you know, mountain bike radio has uh, become a a big community of everybody in the mountain biking world. So I appreciate you guys becoming members um, and uh, share. But uh, Kelly. Thank you very much, and no problem.
1: Uh,
0: that'll do it for another episode of the Apex Nutrition Podcast.